Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 145 of Process to Profitability. Effective businesses have effective systems in place to help them grow. But how do you know where to start? Today, I'm joined by Rebecca Kay to talk all about automating and systematizing your business. We start by talking about letting go of trying to do everything yourself, and then Rebecca shares where you should start when creating systems and automations. She shares her favorite tools, the differences between automating and delegating, and when to do each, and common mistakes she sees business owners making. Rebecca is a systems and automations expert who is passionate about helping other female entrepreneurs scale their revenues and burnout-proof their businesses. Rebecca has helped women around the world organize and automate their businesses, enabling them to be ahead of their growth curve, focus on CEO-level activities, and create more white space for them to thrive without sacrificing the things that matter the most to them. Rebecca, a mom of three, including twins, runs her online business alongside her high-pressure corporate job in the largest global audit firm. Rebecca leverages off her corporate experience in the systems she uses to manage her client portfolios and the team she leans on to get things done effectively. She has built two online businesses while working full-time and attributes these achievements to the systems and team that have helped her run her businesses on a limited time schedule. She's a self-proclaimed spreadsheet nerd and loves any tech tool that will give her one less manual thing to do. With everything you will learn from Rebecca's methods, you will finally be able to say goodbye to burnout for good, take guilt-free weekends off your business, and step into the CEO role that's rightfully yours. Be sure to check her out on her website and Instagram and take the quiz that she talks about in this episode. And of course, if you enjoyed this, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to find more amazing guests to teach you how to grow and systematize your business. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am excited to be on this side of the podcast and um, excited to be with your audience as well. I introduced you at the beginning of the show, but I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit more about you, where you're from, and your business journey. Sure. Okay. So um, I am a systems and automation strategist. So I help busy female coaches and consultants really look at what is possible with systems and automations in their business so that they can really focus on what they do best in business. But I didn't always do this. And my first business was an online boutique. So just to backtrack from that, because it's really a long story, um, I used to live in South Africa and then I got married to my now husband and moved over to Kenya. So when I moved over, I had to start my career literally from scratch. I had a really amazing corporate job when I left varsity 
And now I was stuck here without a job. So I had to start thinking of what things I could do to keep me busy. And one of the first ideas I had was setting up this online boutique. So I set it up and I still remember it was still back in the day in 2015 when Instagram shopping was still a new thing. Um, But it was really exciting for me and it was more like a passion project. And I never thought it would grow as fast as it did. And it really grew really fast, very well. And that also came with a lot of problems, which I hadn't anticipated because I had zero systems whatsoever. I mean, I was running my business from my guest room and everything was just all all over the place. And I was wearing all the hats like most of us do when we start our businesses. You know, I was the customer relations person. I was the product designer. I was the marketer on Instagram. I was the CEO. And while it was exciting at the start, because it had grown so fast and I hadn't prepared my business for that kind of growth, I started to have this borderline resentment for it, which continuously grew and grew. And when I had my, when I was pregnant with my twins, um, I still remember the doctor telling me that I had to take some time off, like literally bed rest, not do anything. And I was just panicking because I was thinking, what's going to happen to my business? Because it literally couldn't operate without me being there. And for me, that was the wake-up call that, you know what, this business is not worth the mental health and wellness that I was sacrificing. And the fact that I hadn't put in those systems for it to operate even when I wasn't there and that my team was so dependent on me being there for them to know what to do. It just wasn't worth it for me. And I know this is not your typical, you know, success story, but I say this because a lot of other female entrepreneurs go through this, but because no one talks about these kind of stories as much, um, people just think it's, you know, part and parcel of running a business. And so I actually shut down that business, but I learned so much from the mistakes that I made and I packaged all that into what I do now, which is helping female entrepreneurs not get to the stage where (laughs) I got to, especially when your business is growing fast and also have that, you know, freedom and flexibility to be present in the other things that you love, because that was one of the things I hated about my first business. I hated that weekends were my business. I couldn't really have that me time with my son. At that time, I only had one child and I still remember my husband saying once that, oh, your business and your nine to five job is more important than us. I mean, that hit me like, you know, a ton of bricks. And I say this again, because a lot of people are going through this and that that was the opportunity I realized from the learning lessons in my first business, that this is something where I really could make an impact and help other female entrepreneurs put in the systems and the automations in their business so that they could really thrive and still have a happy life outside of their business. So that's just where I was coming from and how I got to what I'm doing now. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it is really impactful to hear about you deciding to shut down your business and when you rebuilt, really making sure that you had space in your business systems and processes so that you could focus on other things. We 
talked a lot about that in the previous season of the podcast is many of us are finding that doing business the way that everyone has been doing it all along isn't working. The hustle doesn't work. We have to find our own way to do things. And, you know, you had to do that for your own business and now you're helping other people do that as well. And I think that's just amazing. And it's so needed in the online business space. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I definitely think a lot of people are waking up to the reality that mental health and wellness is important. So, so important when you're running an online business and the hustle culture just just doesn't promote that and finding different ways to do it in a way that aligns with your lifestyle and not running a business, you know, that is sort of or running your life around your business is really not working, especially if you are a mom like we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know when I first started back in 2016, so not long after you did, I was not a mom. And so I could work, you know, 40 plus hours a week. My husband was also busy, so that was fine. And once we had our kiddo, I realized that i couldn't do that because I didn't have the childcare, but I also didn't want to spend that many hours working. I really wanted to be able to be present for him. And so it's changed the way I've done business, but that's a good thing. And so many entrepreneurs now are being open about that. I think they're talking about their lives as moms and business owners, and that has encouraged me. And I think it's encouraging others as well to find the way that works best for them and their families. Because so many of us got into this for the flexibility and the freedom that being a business owner is supposed to bring. Yes, yes. I love that you said that. I mean, that freedom and flexibility is is something that we all dream about. But the reality is when we are thick in the weeds and doing everything ourselves and not having that structure and systems, then it's very difficult to get that flexibility and that time off and that wide space to really focus and be the CEO and be present in the other areas in our life that are important. So I completely agree with you. And I love that it's becoming more of a topical issue now, because I think sometimes when people aren't talking about the realities, you know, behind those nine beautiful squares on Instagram, the realities of running a business, then it creates a lot of unrealistic expectations on what it really takes to run you know, a business that gives you that freedom. Absolutely. So you help female entrepreneurs to systematize and automatize their business. But I think the first step of that is really learning to let go. Can you talk about how we can let go of doing everything ourselves and finding a way to get all of this set up, like the mindset piece that comes with that? Yes, that is such an important piece because I think if you haven't worked on that mindset piece, then it becomes even difficult to think of things like, you know, delegating, having a team to support you, not just in business, but even in the other areas of your life so that you can create that, you know, extra time for you to focus on maybe, maybe it's a difficult time in your business, or maybe it's a busy time in your business and you need to put in more time. So one of the things I see a lot of female entrepreneurs struggle with, and I think it's just our nature as women and as moms is they want to do everything themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And most of us start off as solopreneurs. That is 
the truth of how things usually happen. But then as your responsibilities grow in your business and as you start to serve more and more clients, you then start to realize that there's only X amount of hours in a day and continuing to do it yourself only results in things like burnout, being tired and potentially resenting your business because now you're busy with so many other things outside of, you know, your zone of genius, why you really want to work on your business and be in your business on a day-to-day. So I really think it's important as a female entrepreneur to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, what do I love doing in my business? Because the things that you love doing and the things that you are great at are the things you need to be focusing on more often than not in order to take your business to the next level, right? And then it's just that awareness that there are people and there are systems out there that can do things for you that you don't have to do yourself, right? So that you can have more time to do the things you're better at. That's a way better strategy than trying to be a jack of all trades. Um, And I know it's easier said than done, but I think it starts off with practicing and putting it in practice. So starting off by, you know, automating one small thing or outsourcing one small thing and then building up as you get more confident um, in doing that more and more often. And that's when you realize, oh my goodness, this support is so great. Why didn't I do this, you know, earlier on in my business? Yeah, that's great advice. And I struggled with that in my own business. I'm sure many people have, but when I did outsource the first thing that I hired someone to help me with, it was such a relief to be able to hand that off to say, this is not what I'm good at. And if I have to do it myself, it's not going to get done at all sometimes. So letting go of trying to hold on to everything has been beneficial to me. And it's freed up a lot of my time, a lot of my worry. And now I can focus on my zone of genius and serving my clients while I have other people to help with the back end. Exactly, exactly. And how many times do we hear, you know, female business owners say, I don't have the time to do this. I really want to do this in my business, or I want to, you know, create a new product or create a new service offering, but they just don't have the time. A lot of times the reason they don't have that time is because they don't have the systems or they don't have a team to support them. And without those systems, it also becomes difficult to have your team being as efficient and giving you the highest return on your investment in them. Is your website actually working for you? There's only one way to really know if your website is supporting your business, the conversions you're seeing. That's why I've created a guide with five updates that you can make right now to get a higher converting website. Everything else, the number of visitors, your follows on social media, your Google ranking is just vanity if it's not doing something bigger. The power of a well-designed strategic website is in moving people from checking you out to getting engaged. In this free guide, I'll give you five simple things you can update on your website to start getting more engagement and turning visitors into clients. You can download it now at lemonandtheseed.com slash five updates. That's lemonandtheseed.com slash the number five and the word updates. So if a business owner wants to start systematizing and automating in their business, but they haven't done any or they haven't done very much of that, where is the best place to begin? Oh, that's a really good question, Samantha. So 
Where I see female entrepreneurs getting the biggest sort of return on the time spent on putting systems in place is in how they manage their day-to-day work, their day-to-day operations. Um, And a task management system or a project management system is so vital in just putting some organization around how you actually prioritize what needs to be done. If you have a team, how are you going to monitor and manage and delegate effectively to them instead of death by email and messages, (laughs) which often results in, you know, misunderstandings and misaligned expectations and results. So that's where we usually start is on that. So I call it the operating system of your business because that's where when you start and get onto your laptop at 9 a.m., the first thing you should be doing is going to your task management system and seeing what you had planned to do, who is doing what, where are things at, and then use that as your agenda to drive what exactly you're going to focus on each day. Um, And then start to get benefits in terms of time savings and money savings from that. But that being said, I really, really strongly advise that women do a task audit. Now, the task audit is really going to show you where exactly are you spending a lot of time in your business? Where are there time leakages in terms of whether you're spending a lot of time on certain tasks that maybe you love doing? And perhaps you probably shouldn't be doing them because it's taking a lot of time out of the things that you should be doing, you know, the money generating activities. So the task audit really reveals a lot and shows you where are the areas you should prioritize on in setting up the systems in your business to support you because You know, systems are a wide variety of different things and you don't want to overwhelm yourself, right? You want to start with the things that are going to be the highest priority based on where you're spending the most time in your business. And it's going to be different from one business to the next. Um, So those are the two areas I would say to really focus on when starting out and then build on from there. Perfect. And we have talked in many episodes of the podcast about different systems that you might put in place. So this is a good reminder that, you know, start with those things that are really going to be the big money-making pieces in your business and go from there and do the pieces that make sense for you and making sure that you are spending your time wisely instead of getting caught up in tasks that are not generating money because that is where we should be spending most of our time in our business is in those pieces that actually bring us revenue because that's what makes it a business. Yes, exactly. And when you do that task audit, you will start to realize so many things that you do that, you know, you do, maybe you do them just on autopilot, but you're not realizing the time that you're spending on them is actually adding up and that I like doing the task audit on a weekly basis. And when you add up the time that maybe you spend, you know, checking and organizing your emails, um, you realize it's not just five minutes. It adds up to around half an hour a week. 
And what would an extra half an hour a week do for you if you could spend that time maybe nurturing your clients, um, following up with new leads, looking for collaborations or whatever money-making activities you have in your business? Um, And that's where the magic really lies in when you start to now think of it from that perspective um, and then start to think of how you can do things differently and use systems and automations and you know, potentially a team, depending on where you are in your business, to start saving up on that time and leveraging it on the things that are most important in your business. So do you have tools or apps that you recommend people use when getting all of this started so that they're not spending tons of time doing research of tools that, you know, is another task that is not going to be a high priority? (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. I have so many of them, but I don't want to overwhelm your audience with all the different (laughs) tools that I use because the point of using tools in your business is not to get tech overwhelmed, but to really start to, you know, get to that free up time and white space. So one of my favorite tools is Asana. So that's my, that's where I do my project management and task management. And I also use it to manage my team, manage my content as well for the different social media platforms I'm on. There are alternatives, ClickUp, Trello. It's really important to just choose what works for you um, and then to go with it. And then in terms of my client management, I love Dubsado. It's such a really versatile software and you can do so many things more than just client management. Um, I know you use it, Samantha, as well for your podcast management. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing in that sense. And I know it, it can be a bit overwhelming, but then again, as a CEO of your business, you really need to decide if this is worth your time figuring out or whether you're going to get a systems expert um, or someone to help you set it up and optimize it for your business. So those are the two I use a lot. I do have others that I use, Airtable, which is like a spreadsheet on steroids. So I like using it to manage any sort of information that needs a database. So like when I'm managing my leads, tracking who's a hot lead, warm lead, cold lead, um, I love using Airtable. I also use it to create a content archive. So every time I post on Instagram um, or on Facebook, there is an app that I use called Zapier that automatically saves all that content in Airtable for me. So it's so much easier for me to repurpose content. And I guess this is a segue, good segue to go into Zapier, which is more of a secondary tool. I wouldn't say that's something you should start using when you are starting off with systems, but it's great because it saves so much time and it helps you to connect the different tools that you use in your business so that you can stop, you know, doing things manually. So let's say you want to track all the leads that flow through into your email marketing system. Instead of creating a spreadsheet manually every week and updating it, You can use Zapier to connect your email marketing system to a Google Sheets and it will update your Google Sheets document or Airtable with all your leads for you automatically. So it's really, really amazing in that sense. And then the last one that I love talking about is Loom because when you have a team and you want to show and demonstrate how to do things, Loom is so great because not only does it allow you to do the thing and be able to really delegate to the person you're delegating, but it also creates this repository 
And you can think of it as an SOP on a video, right? A standard operating procedure on video that you can literally hand over to someone else and get it done. So I, those are the five that I love using um, almost on a day-to-day basis in my business. Thank you so much for sharing those. I have talked a lot about Tubsado, which I use. And I love that you shared like even a little thing like posting on Facebook and having it automatically go into an Airtable database is something people might not think about as a system that they need or an automation, but it's so helpful to have that information all in one place and you can set it up once and never have to touch it again, which is kind of the whole point of this is to make your business easier and run tasks that you can automate without having to be in there all the time and just really see that time saving. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, like we just said earlier, these time savings add up. So you might think, oh, it's just two minutes here and five minutes there. But when you add it up on like a monthly basis or even on a yearly basis, it is a lot of hours that you are saving. Um, And if you use those saved hours efficiently, you are going to grow your business so much faster than if you didn't have those systems in place. All right. So I would love to talk about delegating versus automating. Which one should we do first? How do we think about that as a business owner in getting the most out of our time and finding the best ways to do all of this systematizing? Oh, yes, that that's a very good question. I, I hear a lot. So my rule of thumb is always automate before you delegate, because it's always going to be more efficient and more cost effective to automate than to get someone to do something that, you know, Dubsado can do for you in a tenth of the time, for example. Um So just to give a practical example of how this looks like, um, I have clients who come to me and tell me that their VAs help them, you know, manage the onboarding process of their clients. So literally sending the clients the contracts in a Word document, sending the welcome email manually, um, and all these things can be automated in a CRM tool like Dubsado for 35 bucks a month. So are you going to spend 35 bucks a month doing that? Or are you going to get your VA to spend two hours every week and maybe she charges $20 an hour? I mean, if you just add up and do the math, it's going to save you so much time to, and save you so much time and money to automate it instead of delegating it. But that being said, automations and systems are only going to take you so far. So at some point, you are going to need human beings to support you in your business. And just having that clarity on knowing what it is that you need that support on that only a human can do is so, so key Um, and preparing your business for it. So like we said, having those systems in place to manage your team is going to be so crucial um, so that you're not hiring and delegating and then thinking of organizing later. So that's always my rule of thumb, always automate before you delegate, but then have the clarity on who your next strategic hire is going to be to support you in your business growth and your goals. Perfect. I would love if you would share just really quick when you decided you needed to delegate and what that kind of looks like getting a system in place to communicate with your team. 
Yes. So when I signed my first client, that was when I knew that I am going to need someone to help me because now I would have to, you know, have spent some time on creating the content that I was going to share with my client and making sure that I spent the time that I had promised in, you know, the client agreement and so forth. And also to make sure that I gave, gave the transformation I was promising. So the minute you have, you know, a consistent number of clients coming in, let's say two, three, that means you have some consistent revenue coming in. And then it makes it so much easier to plan for new team members and hires because one, you have the revenues in place. And then two, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to free up your time so that you can focus on your client delivery. So that's a very good sign that you need a team in place. But before you get that team in place, make sure you prepare your business. So set up your task management system so that it's easy for you to delegate tasks, assign them tasks in your project management system, um, and also have the SOPs in place, the standard operating procedures, so that your team has clarity on what you expect them to do and that there's no confusion on who needs to do what, when, and how in your business. All right. That's so helpful. And I love that you really looked at making that first hire as soon as you had your first client. I think so many business owners put that off because they're afraid to let go. They're afraid that they're not going to see that consistent income. And you looked at it as I have a client. I know that I need to be able to focus on my work with them, which means some of the other business tasks should go to somebody else. And that's how I can be the most effective in my business. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I think it's also a mindset um, game you need to really step up to as the CEO of your business, because, you know, at some point you are going to be completely overwhelmed. So you would rather not wait to get to that point when you have to now really take a step back from your business and maybe even pause on any programs you're delivering. Um, rather start to prepare your business now and, you know, prepare your mindset now to, you know, be able to let go of things and focus on the things that are most important as the CEO of your business. All right. So what mistakes do you see entrepreneurs make when it comes to the back end, the systems, the automations of their business? Hmm, okay. I think we've already talked to one of them. So hiring first and then organizing later. Um, that's only a recipe for a lot of time and tears that you might possibly spend because now you first have this team that you have to get onboarded, that you have to get them up to speed with your business, but then you don't have a system to help you in supporting these team hires in what they need to do. So it's so important to at least have your task management system set up and ready before you hire a team. The other mistake I see entrepreneurs making is thinking that a tool is a system. Now, a tool is not a system. Your tool is only as good as what you put in it, right? So you need to have the strategy and the framework upfront before you even start, you know, thinking of which tool you're going to use, right? Um, so let's take Dubsado, for example. It's an amazing tool to have. But if you haven't thought through what your client journey or, you know, what your client mapping from end to end looks like, then it's going to be really difficult to utilize it to the best of its ability. So 
a tool is not a system. Do the work up front, and then you're going to see really great benefits out of the tools that you eventually choose. Um, the other mistake I see entrepreneurs making is, and I think it's also mindset related, is we want to hold on to the sticky notes and notebooks way of handling the tasks <laughs> and daily to-dos. And while it's great, it's not going to be helpful when you have a team in place, right? It's something that you can use while you're still working as a solopreneur. But now when you have a team in place, you really need to shift how your ways of working to be able to support your team, but also to get the most out of your team. So I think those are the top three mistakes that I see um, female entrepreneurs making. And they're really easy to shift around when you change your perspective and when you get the support um, that your business needs to put these systems into place. I love your comment that a tool is not a system. When I recently reworked some of my processes around services, I had someone tell me, map out everything that has to go out. So map out the contract, the different emails that have to go out, all of those things before you actually jump into Dubsado and set them up. And that was so much easier to know I have to have this many emails, it needs to go out at this time and have that all laid out before I actually got into the system because then I could set it up quicker and I could actually make the most use out of this tool that I am investing in. Oh, yes, yes. And I'm sure it was also less overwhelming for mm -hmm. you, right? Because you already knew what you wanted it to achieve and you weren't going in there and just getting confused with all the features and functionalities. Yes, because so many of these tools can do so much. So it's helpful to know what you need to accomplish and work on that. And don't worry about all of the other things that it might be able to do, but you don't actually need. Yes, yes, exactly. All right. So as we wrap up today, I always love to ask people if they could recommend one thing to a friend. It can be business related or about life. What would that thing be? Oh, okay. That's a really good question. So I think based on <laughs> where I am in business right now, um, I would say focus on your mindset. It is so, so important. Um, and I think it's something that is often overlooked, especially when you're starting out and you're so excited to go into all the doing. But mindset is so, so key just for yourself as a person, as a business owner, as a CEO, and even as a mom and, you know, whatever is important to you in whatever stage you are in your life. That's awesome advice. All right. So where can people find and connect with you online? And I know you had a quiz that you wanted to share to help people based on our conversation today. Yes. So I hang out a lot on Instagram. So you can find me hanging out there at this is Rebecca K. I also have a community of female entrepreneurs in the service-based business space. It is called the Solo to CEO community. It is on Facebook. It's a free community. I go in there live every week on a Tuesday at one o'clock Eastern to deliver trainings on all things systems, processes, workflows, being the CEO of your business, how to set up the right business operations and strategies. Um, and I already have around 50 trainings in there. So they're all waiting there for you to binge watch. 
And then I do have a special quiz. If you're not sure what your next move should be in setting up these systems, the quiz is going to give you that clarity. So head over to rebeccak.co forward slash quiz. And if you do take it, do share your results with me in the DMs on Instagram. Perfect. I will link to the group and the quiz and your Instagram in the show notes so people can check them out and they can see what they should be focusing on when it comes to automating, delegating, and systematizing as they grow their business. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed talking about all of this with you. Thank you for having me, Samantha. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.